do the bivalve boogie with rock and roll clams. It's the Atari ST Show, episode 9. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be digging on rock and roll clams. Mm, See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Have you ever Horrible. Been to a, have you ever been to a clam bake before? No, and and there's a big reason why. Because I don't like clams. You don't, I don't like, like the, clams? What? No, I don't like them. I don't like eating them or touching them. I don't even want to look at them. They're weird, slimy, not interested. I'm Listen, not a big seafood guy. When was the last time you went down to the old Captain D's? I, uh, it's been a while, Boat. It's been mm. a while. I always I've seen get your the big... discount hasn't kicked in yet. I always <laughs> get the uh, the big old clam platter down at Captain D's because I like clams. Really? They're good. It's good eating. What but is it do... about them that you like exactly? They are just the right amount. It's the texture because they deep. I only like them when they're breaded and fried. Most like most oh, things in this life. You don't eat them like just. You know, I think you. I think you may be thinking about oysters. I think no, you've got the wrong. No, I got oysters and clams. I know what clams no, are. Nobody I mean, eats clams like that. They you don't? Do, you don't. You don't eat raw clams. That's not why. Will they done. kill you? I think so. I think they I bet will. Somebody does. So um, you like them breaded? I don't blame you for that. Yeah, I get one of them. What you do because they're small, right? And you eat them almost like they're like micro popcorn shrimp. So you get about forty or fifty in one handful, and then you put the old you dunk, dunk them in the old honey mustard. Yeah. Yeah, and then what do you? What's your opinion on hush puppies? I do like hush puppies, mm-hmm. but I mean, when you bread something that small, aren't you just mostly mostly eating bread and whatever yeah. you put on the it's bread? It's like slightly chewier bread. Well, why don't you just get breaded bread? And just I've eat- asked for that. They won't serve that. You know, when you go to Captain D's or Long John Silver's, these are two uh, seafood places in the states. They sell these little things called uh, the crunchies. crunchies. You know, they're just like it's and I think they're a just John Silver's thing. Isn't that that? Do they just get those or like scrape yeah. them out of the thing? Yeah, that's all they do. They scrape the batter out of the bottom of the fryer and they serve that as uh, as a side. The Chud's a big fan of those back in the day. He would just eat those by the handful. Oh my gosh! You, know? you want to talk I, about it, uh, instant cardiac arrest? Pound down a, a box or two of crunchies. So it, so, what's the difference? The, what the clam makes it more healthy? If that's you eat right. It that way? That's right, baby. The clam makes it makes it. It's almost like a health food at that point. When you played this game, did it make you want to have clams? Did you get like hungry for them, or do you I'm actually not, start this, to hate them? This game actually put me off clams for life. I think that's that's kind of the problem. You know, Aaron. <laughs> before we dive in to rock and roll clams, uh, we want to thank our game selection committee for the Atari ST show: Richard Davy, Dave Velociraptor, and Graham Vebke for for choosing this uh, this thank game you. for us to play. Um, you know, Aaron, we we, we got to stop beating around the bush. We got to start. We got to get right into the rock and roll clams. Let's do it, man. Dude, sounds a little familiar, Boat. So yeah, first thing to notice, if you've ever listened to this show and you've wondered to yourself, where does that theme music come from? It comes from Rock and Roll Clams. Uh, <laughs> I had not played this game before, but I went through one of those 18 hours of Atari ST music videos on YouTube. 
And when I did that before with the Amiga when, on our Amiga show, uh, I lost the. Uh, it took us forever to figure out where our our song came from. But this time, I made a special note that it was from Rock and Roll Clams, so we were able to identify it when the game finally came up. And lo, the day has come to pass. Yeah. It it is funny. I, I, you can imagine my surprise because you didn't you didn't stew just off to me when I loaded up the game and I heard that I'm like that sounds familiar. Where have I heard? I'm like, oh yeah, it's our theme. Yeah, what <laughs> <Not> the hell? <laughs> Crazy. So, Rock and Roll Clams, where to begin? Uh, this game was a, a very late release for the Atari ST. I believe the Atari ST was officially discontinued by Atari in 1992. Could be wrong about that. Um, but the uh, the the this was released in 1994 by Caspian Software. I believe uh, I believe the Falcon took over from the the ST in that year. Uh, now, as far as I can tell, info on Caspian is scant. Um, on on all of the databases, they they've only released two games. There's this one and a game called Zero Five. Zero uh, Five holds the distinction of being one of the final uh, commercial releases for the Atari ST, uh, released in one year after this in 1995. Uh, Caspian is pretty much made up of, of three or four guys. Sean Bagley, Tony Bennett, that's right, that Tony Bennett, mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Clark, and Dean Toey, perhaps Towie. Um, and uh, uh, Sean, Tony, and Jonathan were the, the programmers. Uh, the music was done by Dean. And, uh, and uh, all of these guys worked on Zero Five, too, except for Dean Towie. He, he only worked on Rock and Roll Clams. Then he abruptly left the video game industry. It, dro he had it drove him away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the box of rock and roll clams because you know sometimes a box tells you a little bit about what you're going to be doing in this game okay so yeah. when you look at the box of this game it says some clams were born to rock okay and so right. if you're if you're looking at the cover of this thing you've got a clam that's it's got his little clam mouth open uh, he's got some as he's got some pearls back there uh, but yeah. again I think that's that's an oyster thing so I think people are confused uh, and then there's some shrimp, and the shrimp are like his backup band, okay? And there's like, uh, and so you've got, or, or maybe, I, I don't know if they're his backup band or if they're like the Ronettes, like the Shrimpettes, the Prawnies. Uh, but anyway. That's uh, horrible. Yeah, the, uh, this is, the, this game has nothing to do with your ability to rock on any particular instrument. Uh, which is it's 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 misleading right out of the back, right out of the gate. Now, Aaron, have you played? Had you played Rock and Roll Clams before this week? Absolutely not. I had never played this until it came up on the show. I'd never heard of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know our theme was from it. I had no idea this existed. Yeah, yeah. This is this was a new one for me as well. Again. The Atari ST show, the hallmark of the Atari ST show is we only cover games released exclusively on the Atari ST or just basically uh, non-Amiga titles because we don't want to get drugged down in all that Amiga nonsense. We're, we're going clean Atari ST games. So uh, as far as I know, this was only released on the Atari ST. It's a true, a true ST exclusive. Uh, this <laughs> game... Uh, it is a one or two player game. Uh, let's talk about uh, the 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 backstory of Rock and Roll Clams because there is a backstory. Okay, 
So in, in this game, you play the role of Casper the Clam. Okay, uh, Casper the Clam has been uh, has been um, issued forth with his schoolmates on a field trip to listen to what the manual calls the dull classical music of his local orchestra. Okay. Now, according to the manual, Casper had nothing against the orchestra. It's just that he hated the music they played. <laughs> but people bury orchestra music. I never this understood is why, that. This is why band and orchestra programs have disappeared because a generation yeah. of video uh, video game manuals told them it wasn't cool to like it. So thanks a lot, uh, rock and roll clams. Caspian, I'm glad you no longer exist. Ow. So anyway, getting back to our story, uh, Casper, he loved music. Had a very musical ear, good sense of rhythm and pitch. Okay, um, he just he wanted to listen to something other than classical music. Now, at this point, he never heard anything other than classical music, so it leads one to believe that he didn't know if he if he never heard anything other than classical music. How did he know that he didn't like classical music? This is sort of an existential question that I don't think the developers of uh, of um, Rock and Roll Clams pondered. Did you ponder that at all, Aaron, as you were reading the, the backstory? Well, I will say I did read the backstory, and I pondered a lot of stuff. For example, there's a school <laughs> for clams. How, how did any of this, all of this, the backstory for this is one of the dumber things I've ever been exposed to. But please continue. So, okay, we're going to leave the undersea world of Casper, and we're going to go to the shore. On the show, on the shore, you've got Joe DePascal. I love the way that they've named this character that has no no bearing on the story at all. But his name is Joe DePascal, and uh, he is a uh, he's a a customer in this music store, right? And the salesman is saying, you know, we've got this this new group. They're called the Beatles. B e a d l e s. Clever. And they're, they're the biggest name in Lil Ol England. Everything about the way that phrase is spelled makes me want to punch through my computer screen. Um, so anyway, uh, Joe, I guess he just steals one of these tapes off the shelf, and he, he opens the shrink wrap, and he puts it in a tape player there in the store, and he, gives, uh, and he starts it up, and the music wafts through the air into the ocean, and down to where Casper is, okay? And so Casper awakes from his slumber that he's listening to, you know, as he's listening to this horrible classical music, he hears this thump, thump, oomph, thump. That's the way that the book describes uh, rock and roll music. And so Casper just rolls right out of there because, you know, that's, that's how clams... I don't know if you've ever seen any of the David Attenborough Planet Earths, but it's a well-known yeah. fact that clams, when they move, they actually just flip up on their side and they just roll down the ocean floor. No, I, I never people, knew. Lots of people don't know that, but that's true. No. That's a fact. So anyway, he rolls off in search of this rock and roll music. Okay? Hence, Rock and Roll Clams was born. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Rock well, and Roll Clams. got kidnapped, too. Don't forget that part. Oh yeah, there was there was there was a kidnapping, of course. This story goes on for quite a while. It's quite remarkable, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's remarkable. That's a great word for it. So yeah. Anyway, uh, what you have to do, this is a um, a vertically scrolling um, puzzle dexterity game, I guess you could call it, 
uh, where it, unlike most vertically scrolling games, this game scrolls from top to bottom. So it's uh, games that do this include uh, Tubin. That's one that comes right right offhand. Can you think of any other vertically? I guess the the, the downhill jam section in Skater Die. Can you think of any other games that have a a vertically scrolling opposite direction feel? Well, there's like you know, a lot of a lot of like platforming. Not, nothing on the ST comes to mind. Okay, give me give me something that's not on the ST. There, there's a game I remember Brent rented it for the uh, uh, for the in- Nintendo that was called like Wizards and Warriors, I think. And I think there were sections that where you had to go up and down. Right. There's well, also I, been I, what there's I'm also saying... been stuff where you have to like you fall down pits and stuff. I, right. Maybe I'm missing your vibe here. Yeah. What what I mean is that this game in most games, like say Wizards and Warriors, you start at the bottom of the forest level and you climb up vertically through. The the trees this yeah. game you fall the the extent of the game i mean this yeah. game is just you falling and it's i mean like it's 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 different it's different so this is a one or two player game um yeah it's two player simultaneous play uh and what you have to do in this game is uh you have to control your falling to pick up um tapes to pick up coins to pick up power-up hats uh, avoid enemies and get to the exit. Uh, there are 100 levels that uh, you must uh, find your way through to get to the end of Rock and Roll Clams and uh, and save the day. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that is. I mean, am I missing anything about the gameplay of this, uh, Aaron? Well, I mean, you the, the hats are pretty important, uh, you know, because listen, this this is one of those games. It's hard to start, so let's let's talk about what the game is. But give them the scoop on that, and then we can talk about the things we like and don't like. I mean, I, you 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 literally, like Boat said, you're scrolling down, you're falling. I I think you're underwater because there's bubbles and but all the level, there are different stages that the background's different. You're you know this is sort of like the ball you're the clam you control. It sort of reminds me of the guy to whiz ball, mm-hmm. except. Like, he is much dopier. I mean, the control of this guy, there's a lot of this elements of this game where you don't have any control and you just die a lot, I guess. I mean, you don't, it's, for me, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of a chance. And a lot of it comes down to uh, the hats you're wearing at the time. There's a, There are, aside from the platforms you fall down on that have enemies, there are also enemies that just sort of wander around the level. Like, and it seems like there's a lot of them. So I hit those a lot. And there's there's also stuff that just happens that you like. I don't know if you did you try the different stages. You can pick which stage you want to start on. Uh, did you get to look no, through all the different ones? I didn't even realize you could do that. Oh yeah, you can pick which stages you start on. And and like there's a desert. There's like a beachy one. I remember there's one part where I landed on this beachy platform and just the beachy platform just wrenched up and ate me. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of cheap deaths in this. I mean, a lot of them. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff when it, as it wanders through the level, you can hit it on your way down. Your goal is to, it's your typical thing. You've got to get enough of these tapes to escape the level, to open the exit up. Mm-hmm. The worst part of this game, though, I mean, the controls aren't great, but the worst part is the fact that it doesn't just keep you falling. There's tons and tons of times where you'll have to go up. Because if you hold up on the joystick, then your then your clam will go up in a right, weird right. way. So, well, what the way this works is this game is physics based. It's a very strange physics, but there are physics involved, and so your clam 
will continue to go uh if you are if you hit the ground going a certain speed or you hit a platform you can continue to travel up at that speed if you hit up when you hit the button now if you're not going very fast you'll reach a point where you sort of horizontal you'll, you'll stop your vertical movement but you can kind of tread water and move horizontally back and forth and that allows you to go up because the the idea behind this game is that you have to have a certain you have to collect a certain number of tapes to move on to the next level. These are gold cassette tapes, and so uh, when you uh, when you get down to a platform, you know you might only be able to pick up three or four, but there's five or six more up there. So you have to hit, and then you have to kind of maneuver the clam back up to where you were while avoiding these 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 enemies and uh, and, and collect those missing tapes. Um, the controls on this game are not great. Um, this game gives you a, about the same amount of control as one of those uh, water-based games that you used to play in the backseat of your parents' car where you push the button and it fires some air up through a water thing and you're trying to get the, the hoop around the little plastic piece. You know what I'm talking about, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had those. Yeah. This is about the same level of control in, in, in rock and roll clams that you get. And this game actually reminded me of something like that. Where, uh, you know, or it's it's sort of like an underwater mastermind. Or wasn't that the name of the game where you had the marble? I'm sure I got the uh, the off-market equivalent that they sold at the local store. Yeah, They yeah. had the original. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I mean, this is a game where I would I would call the control mostly indirect. You, you're able to, uh, you basically adjust the speed at which your clam rolls to the left or to the right. And then also adjust the height of their jump once they hit a platform. But other than that, you're kind of left to the the you're you're left to the winds of fate. Um, this game uh, is probably the coolest thing about this game is that it, it 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 caused me to discover a peripheral that I did not know existed. This is something called the power pad. Now, Aaron, when you hear the words power pad, what comes to mind? Uh, the thing for the NES that you stomped on. That's right. That's right. So the power pad, for those of you not aware of the the NES scene, was a uh, it was a running peripheral where you would uh, you would lay a bat down and you would step on the thing, sort of like a DDR proto DDR type thing that you'd play running games. And uh, but the Atari also had a thing called a power pad. And get this, Aaron, the STE and Falcon line of computers had a DB fifteen on the left side of the machine next to the cartridge and the MIDI ports. These were called the enhanced joystick ports, which supported analog controls. Uh, before the Atari Jaguar was released, they created something called the Atari Power Pad. Okay? The Atari Power Pad looks almost the same as an Atari Jaguar controller, except it has a different color scheme. Uh, the power pad is gray with light blue buttons, but aside from that, it is the same as an Atari Jag controller. How crazy is that, Aaron? I did know about that, actually. I didn't know the name of the actual thing, but yeah, I knew you, that the Jag sticks were compatible with a couple a couple of these models. I don't. Yeah. You know, that much said, what you want, it's not like the Jag controller is any great shakes. Right, right, but I'm just saying... <laughs> It, it, this game is specifically because it was released so late in the ST's life uh, that it is. It, there's a big there's a big section in the manual that says this is power pad compatible, which oh, I thought was okay. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So, um, 
Go ahead. Oh, so, you know, the the crux of this game, the thing that makes this game interesting are the hats. There are many different hats you can wear. This clam wears many hats. Uh, you've got a crash helmet. Uh, the crash helmet uh, can be worn in any of four directions. Basically, once you don the helmet, you can press the joystick any of the four directions, and the hat direct and the the hat will change. You know, he'll be wearing the hat on his hindquarters in some points, or his his eastern quarters. And so, um, <laughs> you can move the hat around. There's also the propeller hat uh, that gives him extended flying abilities. He also has a gun hat. You know, the old gun hat. So you can you can fire at enemies that way. And then there's the Viking hat. Uh, the Viking hat can only be used in two directions, so that's it's not as good as the uh, is the crash uh, the crash helmet. Um, so and then there's also other things you can pick up. You can pick up a time extend icon to to uh, raise the time because these are timed levels. This is a game. It's interesting. It does not have a life system. You just play until your time runs out. So you can fail as many times as you want, which is nice. Which is nice. Um, Aaron, give me a rundown of things that you liked and things that you disliked about uh, Rock and Roll Clams. Well, I've been waiting for this because, listen, I think the, I like the music, obviously. There's some good tunes in there. Uh, and I didn't hate the graphics. And I don't even hate the premise of this at its core. All right. Now, this is the portion of the uh, show where I bury a game. This game <laughs> is no good. It's no good frustrating oh you betcha the controls on this are no good like they're not they're not even competent for what they're trying to do they're no good you should never have a game like this that requires you to go up because it's going up is horrible it's frustrating mm -hmm. it's horrible the enemy placement is cheap the enemies suck. There's too many of them. You've got no defense. And once you're on a collision course with... You're not on a collision course with wackiness. You're on a collision course with frustration and anger. Because there's nothing you can do. So much of this game relies on you to just get lucky. Mm -hmm. The second level... And not of the, the good kind either. No. No. The second level of the game... Uh, in the second level of the game, if you start at the default level... Like the first level, you sort of go through it real quick. No big deal. Then the second level buries you buries you deep beneath the earth's crust and that's because that you're learning how to use these hats if you don't get the little hard hat and, and by the way the hats don't literally look like hats they just look like little slivers of crud and, but if you don't get it you're going to die everything on the le second level will kill you uh, and even with the hat it's frustrating to get past it the different levels i tried they all had like like they had different gimmicks in them there's like a, a music level there's like a, a sandy level but the, the game didn't change in terms of what you do. Free falling down to this stuff. I just found this game... I mean, I, like I said, I think the kernel of a good game is here. But I think this game was too frustrating. When you get caught in a uh, in an area where you've got to kind of work your way free. Because there are plenty of sections of this game where you'll fall into like a crevasse. And it's not like you can just be like, well, I'm just going to roll up out of here. Because if you just push up on the joystick, you'll go straight up. you got to build up momentum in one direction or another 
and then hit the up on the joystick, and then try to glide yourself to the left or right. It's endlessly frustrating. And when you're trying to work your way up to get more tapes, and you're going up these different platforms, I'm telling you, it happened so many times where you would, I would go up as best I could, then something would go haywire, and it'd knock me back down to where I was, and I just wanted to pick up the whole monitor and just slam it against the wall. It was the most frustrating thing I've played for a long time. A boat. I didn't have much good to say about it, if I'm honest. I I thought it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say the music is good. However, there's only one track. So you're yeah. going to hear that track a ton. It's a good track. Yeah, it's a good track. Uh, so I'll give it props for that. Like you said, the graphics are good. Um, it's just the, 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 the game falls apart in terms of the gameplay. Uh, the, the, the idea... I can understand because they were like, okay, you're in water, so you're going to need to have some sort of a graphic-defying element. Uh, but, and really, they could have gotten away with that if they would have made the levels better. Just the game fails on every front for various reasons. I forgot something, Bo, and I'm sure you noticed this. So, the game level, there's like, on, on either side of you, there are objects that are they're the borders of the level, okay? Mm -hmm. But they don't, or they're not the borders of the level. The level's borders, there's like a, a layer of border there that just looks like the background, but you can't go in it. Right. And so you get trapped in the corners because you're thinking you can float through. It's a tr it's a trick. Mm -hmm. You're boned. Then you got to work your way out of that disaster. So why did they do that? Yeah. Like, why yeah. would you either extend the borders out one more uh, square mm -hmm. or just let you go that way? Right. Why would right. you make it? And the thing is, no matter how many times that you know you can't do it, you still get caught there trying to do stuff because you, you can't help yourself. Mm -hmm. And that, which was also frustrating. Uh, by the way, Having this clam, rock and roll clams. What the hell? What kind of name is that? Like, who <laughs> thought this up? What did? What were they? Well, I guarantee <laughs> you, this is to me. this. They came up with the idea. I guarantee you, this is how it happened. They came up with this idea of having this rotating ball. I guarantee you, they played whiz ball, and they're like, "Why don't we make a game like whiz ball, but you scroll, you go up and down instead of left to right?" Because they thought, "Hey, the rotating ball and whiz ball is a cool idea." And so they they started with that, and then they just randomly filled the stages with nonsense. The way that you respawn, you the enemies always continue moving. You know, there you've got these depth charge things that constantly float up, and you can get stuck in an area where you will respawn next to an enemy and immediately die. Like you get yes. no invincibility frames when you respawn. And there are enemies; they're swimming around everywhere. You know, in some ways, boat. This reminded me we on ARG a couple weeks ago we looked at the. We looked at French games. I looked at a game called The Fifth Axis. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, hey, this looks like Impossible Mission, right? And it, it it sort of does, but it doesn't play anything like Impossible Mission. And I noticed when we brought this game up, people saw it. And they're like, oh, it's like Whizball. Trust me when I tell you, this has nothing. It's got zero to do with Whizball. And it's nowhere in the same, it's not in the same stratosphere. Yeah. I mean, as don't Whizball. get me wrong. I don't think Whizball is the easiest game to control either. No. But this, but I mean, this game look, makes Whizball look like freaking Super Mario Brothers 3 in terms I was of begging. Like how to control it. Yeah. I was begging for Whizball and its various power. I was like, dying for him because now, this guy sucks. Let me ask he you. He can't a do anything. Yeah. I was I was only able to wear a hat one time and I did yeah. it by accident. Yeah. According to the manual, you have to center the joystick. That yes. makes no sense because the ST doesn't use analog sticks. So they're they're losing they're losing me right off the bat. Although I guess maybe if you were using that DB15 port 
on a Mega ST or a Falcon or whatever, and you had an analog stick, maybe I don't, I don't know. But anyway, and then it says press the button and you'll be able to select a hat, and then you and then you press left and you can wear the hat. Yep. I did all of those things a million times in a row, and I was never able to do it. So well, what am I missing but, here? Well, the hat. The first of all, you, keep in mind you've got to do this while being accosted. Right. Okay. Well, so this the hat element. Like, why? You know what I would have done if if you're smart, you put a hat on the level. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you know it's a lot like Mario's suits. And, but you know it's uh, you wear them. You, you, I mean, although he got a selection eventually, but I mean, the one thing you don't want to do is make putting on the hats a chore. And I'm right there with you. It's not the easiest thing I've ever done. I got to the point where I could get it on the on my head most of the time when I wanted to, but it required me to have time to do it. And on top of everything else, you've got a, the selection of the of the hats. There's a curse that moves up and down. It's on the right. It's sort of mixed in with the border. It just sucks. Yeah. It's even tough to tell where you're on uh, or what you're doing. Now, I didn't get a variety of hats, so that wasn't a problem, you know. But you can pick selections that don't have anything, mm -hmm. you know, which is a pain. So yeah, why, the hat selection you, is horrible. Like I understand they they wanted to give the the player the ability to choose the correct hat for the occasion, but yeah. they shouldn't have. They should have just said when you run over a hat, you're wearing the hat. If you want to if if you want to change hats, run over a different hat. Make it like every other power-up system in every other video game. You, you know, the thing is, I think given the right level design, I, you could have made... And I'll, first of all, you scrap the whole clam and I'll roll the rock and roll. All that, get that out of here. Mm -hmm. But the concept of a rolling ball that goes down a, it, it, like a maze, that might be kind of fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could do something with that. But what they did, I mean, is this game was... Is it the worst game I've ever played? No, but it's got to be amongst the most frustrating games I've ever played. Uh, it's I just I didn't like anything about it. It's also weird looking on top of everything else, and it doesn't look like this looks like. I mean, what would you compare this graphically to? I mean, it's not horrible, no, but I, I mean, mean this it looks, looks like very. A... It looks like a, a console game that you might play on, say, like the. Uh, I don't know, maybe like I wouldn't say the Genesis, but maybe on the Master System or something you might get something I mean, like to, this. To me, this 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 graphically it looks like a sixteen bit computer game. I mean it's it's got it's got various levels of parallax with the background. Uh it's got the uh you know, it, it, it's colorful. It's colorful. You would not mistake this for an eight bit game because of the amount of colors on the screen. Um but it, yeah, it's that's sort it. of it's that same old stick where you could put this on the Commodore 64 with absolutely no trouble whatsoever. There's Please nothing don't. there's nothing gameplay-wise that makes this a 16-bit game. This is one of the few times where I'm going to demand that happy coding. Please do not port this to any no, other machines. No. Let, Let this, this die. Yeah. It didn't have it didn't leave the ST and there's a reason for it. It it's no good. No good. Now, I did see these games reviewed in a couple magazines, uh ST Review magazine. Gave this an 80. Uh, ST Format gave this a 72. Um, the the 72, uh, is it says that uh, the highs of the game are lots of wacky bouncing. Okay? Uh, another thing is loads of levels. Anytime that the best thing about your game is that you've got lots of levels, that's not good. That's not You're never good. seeing those levels, that's for sure. Right. The lows, rather repetitive gameplay... 
and then it says a trifle slow on the ST. I, I only played this on the Mister, so I couldn't imagine if this played any slower. You know, if you're playing this on a stock ST like I've got over here, like this 520, uh, I'm going to have to try that out uh, whenever I get my drive working uh, just to see. Well, maybe I won't because that sounds no, like a nightmare. Yeah, Don't do it because what if it was slower and then you loaded it up? You could be playing forever. <laughs> Right, right. Now, um, let's see if we got any Discord reviews this week uh, for the old rock and roll clams. Ah, we have. Salem OK writes, uh, graphics and scrolling are OK. The digi sounds are amusing and only a painful reminder of what could have been with the STE between 1989 and 1994. So I guess the, the, ST, the original ST was discontinued in 92. Gameplay is way too hard and removes any possible sense of fun from this game. Maybe it's going over my head. This is Whizball all over again for me. Nope. One out of ten. Uh, Pajaco6502 writes... I think you can control the clam in this game with a joystick, but it sure doesn't feel like it. Graphics and sound <laughs> are actually okay, but due to shoddy controls, the gameplay is virtually non-existent and make for a frustrating experience. Either I'm missing something fundamental here, or the game is really that bad. I really hope it's me in this case, because I feel there's a good game in there somewhere. When you could do something more fun, like pushing bamboo shards under your fingernails, why play this? Two out of ten. Burial. Yeah. That's a burial so, boat. I, I checked this thing out on eBay, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, this is what you call a collector's item. Nobody's playing this game, this game to... Uh, to uh, nobody's buying this game to play. Yeah. They're buying it to put on the shelf and add to their collection of ST software. This thing was sold in the UK on June 14th for $135.60 plus $17 shipping. So $136, Aaron. This is definitely one for the collectors only. Well, let me tell you something. That's a madman, number one. Number two, this is one of those uh, games where they don't release it. It escapes. I, I, I would give this a wide path. Yeah, yeah. All right, and with that, it's time to leave Rock and Roll Clams. Yay! Uh, feel free, I'm you know, if you, if you have a dissenting opinion on Rock and Roll Clams, if you love this game, I want to hear from you. Please leave seek, us, leave seek us a psychiatric help. Yeah, tell me, tell me, tell me what the redeeming features are because I never want to bury a game without uh, without due course, and I think we have every course in the world to uh, to bury this one, Aaron. This is one clam you don't want to dig up. That's right, that's right. So, uh, if you want to watch the rest of the Atari ST shows, you can do that at YouTube at bitly slash Atari ST Show. If you want to subscribe to the audio version, you can go to anchor.fm slash the Atari ST Show. Of course, we record the show uh, usually on Saturdays. Head on over to twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming to uh, subscribe to our Twitch channel so you can watch us live, take part in the chat. Uh, I will say, Aaron, that the chat suggested some games that were top-down scrollers. I, I wanted to go through those real quick. Uh, Mitsuyama says skiing games. A great point. Skiing games, you always scroll from the top to the bottom. Uh, Buck Owens says a a Caverns of Mars. I can't believe I forgot about Caverns of Mars, but that's a classic scroll from the top down. You and, both uh, plays in that one. Yeah, yeah. And Nick Morente's Gem Hunter uh, is a top down scroller. So we mm. thank the chat for uh, giving some uh, giving some some good pointers there. Well done. Uh, of course, we also want to thank our Patreon supporters. If you like uh, this show, you can go to patreon.com slash Atari ST show. If we get to $200 a month in support, we will switch the format to a weekly show, which would be great. 
Uh, we want to shout out to all of our patrons. We got O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Brett Owens, Laurent Giroux, Twilight Zoner, Olivier Massoud, Tim Drew, Retro Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. Thank you. And of course, if you can't get enough of retro computing goodness, we do shows about every retro computer under the sun almost. We do a show about the Amiga called The Amigos. We do a show on the ZX Spectrum called Our Sinclair. If you're a fan of the Tandy Coco, check out the Coco Show. And of course, ARG Presents, where Aaron, you and your brother spin the wheel and make the deal. Indeed. Aaron, what are we going to be playing next time on the Atari ST Show? Rock and Roll Clams Part 2! <laughs> it's cracked! Cracked! It's cracked! All right. I think this... Was this a game... I, you know, this game seems familiar to me. This was was this also in the seventy eight hundred per chance yes. mode? Yes, I believe it was. I know it was okay. also. I think it was also on the Atari eight bits. There we'll you find go. out all about it. We'll find out all about it next time. Sounds so, great, guys! Thank you so much for watching. We will see you next time. Make sure you play your Atari today, but not clams. <laughs>